Welcome to part three of It Sees You When You're Sleeping, a horror holiday audio drama in six parts. If you haven't heard parts one and two, I would recommend that you start back at episode one. You can find it on your favorite podcast app or at the website itseesyousleeping.com. I'm Phil Rickaby, the writer and performer of It Sees You When You're Sleeping. This is the second part of a trilogy of holiday audio dramas. You can find the first, St. Nick and the Big F*** Up, at stnickandthebigfup.com and all the places you usually find podcasts. You can support this audio play in a few ways. You can make a donation through the virtual tip jar. You'll find a link to that in the show notes. You can also support the podcast by sharing it on social media. If you want to post about the show on Twitter or Instagram, use the hashtag ISYWYS for It Sees You When You're Sleeping. And you can tag me if you like. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Phil Rickaby. And my website is philrickaby.com. If you enjoy this audio drama, please rate and review it at Apple Podcasts. And make sure you hit the follow button on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also follow along at the website, itseesyousleeping.com. And stick around for just a minute at the end of the episode for some important credits. One night at dinner, Susan told me that Milo was angry. I was familiar with this. Sometimes children feel a strong emotion but don't want to admit to it. She did this a few times after her mother died. She was understandably sad, but also sometimes she was angry too. Heck, so was I. But somehow she got it in her head that she shouldn't be angry. So she'd put that on her teddy bear, named appropriately Teddy. She'd say that Teddy was angry, so I'd ask her about how Teddy was feeling. And it was an easy way for her to admit that she was angry because mommy wouldn't be here to see her. Or she wouldn't get to have mommy make a cake on her birthday. Or any countless, completely valid reasons for her to be angry. So when she told me that Milo was angry, I did what I'd done before, and I asked her why he was angry. She said that he was angry because of the subjugation of his people. I said, pardon? She repeated it. Milo was angry because of the subjugation of his people. That's a pretty big word, subjugation. And I didn't know where she'd heard it because I am not certain I've ever used the word subjugation in a sentence in my life, let alone when talking to my daughter. And I was pretty sure it wasn't a word they were teaching in school. I asked her how she knew that Milo was angry because of the subjugation of his people. She finished her mouthful because we do not talk with our mouths full. And then she said that sometimes Milo came into her room at night and whispered in her ear while she slept. I didn't get to ask her anything more after that because she changed the subject. That night, I was setting up the elf in an admittedly derivative and also half-hearted scenario on the sofa in the living room involving reading a children's version of A Christmas Carol. Not my favorite adaptation since they took everything scary out of the thing. When Susan's words came back to me, 
Sometimes Milo came into her room at night and whispered in her ear while she slept. That, combined with Milo's adjusted adventure the other night, made me want to do a little investigating. Even though the whole thing was impossible and probably nothing more than a flight of fancy. I went up to bed, but not to sleep. To wait. And I waited, determined not to sleep until I found an answer. I lay in bed, trying to keep my eyes open. I waited. And waited. My eyes would droop closed, and I would catch myself just before I fell completely asleep. This happened a few times, but it was harder each time to catch myself. My eyelids were getting heavier, and I was starting to doze off when I heard a thud from downstairs. In a flash, I was out of the bed and downstairs. The book was on the floor, but the elf was nowhere to be seen. I checked between the cushions on the sofa, but it wasn't there. He couldn't be in Susan's room. Carefully, I crept up the stairs and tiptoed my way to Susan's door. I listened there, and I didn't hear anything, which made sense, because the whole thing was preposterous. But just to be sure, I softly pried open the door to the bedroom. The room was dark. I could hear something. A soft noise, just loud enough to cover the sound of Susan's soft, sleeping breathing. My eyes slowly adjusted to the dark, and that's when I saw it. The elf was sitting on my daughter's pillow and whispering in her ear. It was true. It was true, and it was wrong. Something filled me with inexplicable rage. This was wrong. This creature, this elf toy thing was wrong. I had to make it stop. I had to be rid of it. I opened the door all the way and the whispering stopped and the elf looked towards me and as it turned its head, it changed. Felt and plastic faded and melted into shadow, its little hat disappearing into pointed wild hair, its fingers elongated, growing into knife-like claws, its smile growing pointed and wicked, its eyes glowing red. It stood up on Susan's pillow, staring at me, the glowing eyes terrible like nothing I had ever seen. It ran towards me, and fear rose up in me like nothing I had ever felt. An unnatural fear. The thing was running towards me, and though I didn't want to, even though I tried to stand my ground and fight this creature, I couldn't keep my feet where they were. My heart raced. I ran back to my room, and I slammed shut the door. I couldn't help myself. I slid to the ground and leaned against the door, my hand shaking, my face wet with fear sweat. I felt the thing that was the elf push against the door. I leaned back, pressing into the door to keep the creature away. It pushed again, and it was strong. Stronger than felt and plastic should have been. I put my weight against the door, my full weight. I heard it run, its sharp fingers down the door, a long, terrible sound, a threat without words. No words were needed. It pushed on the door once more, and then it stopped. I guess it gave up because I heard its feet padding down the stairs to the living room. I 
didn't sleep the rest of the night. I didn't dare. I stayed there for the rest of the night, leaning against the door, shaking. It is important that you know that I am not a credulous person. I don't believe in magic. I don't believe in supernatural things. I don't believe in ghosts, spirits, creatures in shadows, fairies, werewolves, vampires, Bigfoot, Mothman, or any other creatures of myth. I am a skeptical person. So you can believe me when I tell you that I saw what I saw. I saw this elf toy moving on its own, talking on its own, and I saw it turn into a monster, felt it pushing against my bedroom door. This is not something I imagined. But it shook me in a way that nothing had before, and after what I had seen, I wouldn't have been able to sleep if I'd wanted to. And that was part three of It Sees You When You're Sleeping. Part four is coming next week. Remember to rate and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts. And so let me know what you think using the hashtag ISYWYS for It Sees You When You're Sleeping. Included in the music from this episode was an excerpt from Oh Holy Night by Kevin McLeod, released under a Creative Commons attribution license. Some sound effects in this episode were from Zapsplat.com. Thanks for listening, and I will see you next week.